0: You are listening to Cap Builder Talk with your host, Mark E. Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business today. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash Cap Builder Network. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Karen Hatchett and Dr. Misi Harris. We're going to talk about using PR for your business. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. to a segment, which I, I like to call Cap Builder News, a lot of people ask me questions, so, and I do a lot of research. So at last week, I started kind of talking about some of the questions I've gotten in the last week or so, and I want to kind of give you some of the answers. You know, one thing we have to do sometimes, it's the hardest thing ever, is to let a customer go. It's hard. I'm, I'm going to discuss three reasons why sometimes it's time to tell that customer goodbye. First reason, they cost you money. You know, all money is not good money. And it's important that you understand that they're not always profitable. Back in uh, 2007, Sprint cut ties with thousands of customers because they were identified as excessive calls of customer service. So you have to really look at your customer and find out are you making money with them or are they costing you money? Something else a bad customer can do or a frustrating customer is they can hurt your morale. They can hurt your morale. Like You look there, you see their number coming up. They can just mess your day up, and it affects your other customers or it affects your staff. So you have to look at sometimes how does a customer really impact the spiritual aspect or the morale aspect of your business. And finally, you know, they steal your focus. You know, you're trying to keep them happy all the time, and you just can't do it. They're calling you day and night. They're still the focus from the things you need to be doing. So I need you to look at these three things sometimes when you're having issues with a customer, and sometimes you have to decide, hey, i got to let them go. The next thing I want to talk about, are you're an entrepreneur. You're out here. You're working day by day. you got to stay grounded. And so I want to give you, you know, four ways to look at things just to stay grounded. First off, you have to realize that when you're starting a business, you're starting a business model. Okay, it's really not a business yet. You're working on your model, getting your business going, but there's a big difference. You're learning about pricing and distribution, so it's a learning thing. So when you make mistakes, don't frustrate yourself. You've got to stay grounded. You're, you're testing your model. When your model starts proving and making money, that's when it turns into a business. Okay, some of us have been working on our models for a long time. They're not generating revenue. But I just want you to know that starting a business is tough, it's hard, but you have to look at it as developing a model. There's no cookie-cutter way to do this, even if you're purchasing a franchise. It's location, you've got to figure out how to get customers in. So that's something. A lot of times we get so excited about our business, we want to go pitch an investor. That's a big mistake. Don't pitch your investors before your pitch is irresistible. This pitch is so sweet, they can't say nothing but yes. You know, you got to walk the walk. You got to just get out there and make sure that you are so confident of your pitch. Because a lot of times you're only going to get one chance to pitch an investor. And it's a small network. You pitch one, you might as well pitch ten if you're trying to do it in one city because they all communicate. So make sure you do that so you don't frustrate yourself. Strive for perfection. Launch early. I mean, do what you've got to do. Just try to do the best job you can. And if, if it's not good enough for people, maybe they don't need to be your customer. But don't let yourself get bogged down with it. It's just very, very important. And the last thing I'm going to go over there are like five questions I want you to start asking yourself. You know, I got this list of 100 questions that entrepreneurs should ask. In the past few months, what's the smallest change that you made that has had the biggest positive result? A lot of times we make changes and they have results, but we're so bogged down with dealing with our day to day activities, we forget what we did. So take time to look back. Number two, are we paying enough attention to the partners? Our company depends on to succeed. A lot of times we are partnering companies that are working with us. Are we letting them know we're there? We're supporting them. Sometimes, as like, like I said, you get kind of tied up in your day-to-day. Sometimes you need to just call people and say you appreciate them. Third thing, what prevents you from making changes you know will make you a more effective leader? You've got to look at these things. You've got to remove those obstacles. You've got to get out of your own way. And when you make a decision, think about it in terms of 10 minutes from now, 10 months from now, and 10 years from now. And the last thing I saw here, what you to start asking yourself, when you're speaking with people, what percent of the time do you make eye contact with? It's very important. It shows confidence. When you're looking around, not looking people in the eye, it kind of tends to seem to kind of make people think that you're not confident in what you're talking about. So that is my cap builder news for this session. I'm gonna Okay, I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, I'm going to bring on the man that says he can solve all your web development application needs, and he can do it cost-effectively. We're going to enjoy the conversation. As I said before, I want you to get all your pencil and paper. And it's also during this segment, if you call in, make your pitch, tell us about why you need a good website, you can get signed up to get a 50% discount. So you're listening to Mark Parham. I'll be back in a moment, and the show is Cap Builder Talk. I'll be back in a minute.
0: Back to Cap Builder Talk with your host Mark E. Parham, real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today.
1: This is Mark Parham back with Cap Builder Talk. Karen, how are you this evening?
2: I am great. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to let me probe your mind about public <laughs> relations. Uh, I love
2: it. Actually, I'm very passionate about it, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right. Well, let's start out first with uh, what's your definition? You know, I, I was reading some stuff. I did some research today. What's your definition of public relations?
2: Well, um, it according to the Public Relations Society of America, which is sort of our our guidelines. Public relations is a strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and their publics. Basically it is the process that you get to that influences or you know communicates with the public. That's it. Uh, there's lots of ways to get from here to there, but that, that is it. And public generally meaning the general public at large, as well as your stakeholders, your sponsors, those kind of people, that's your public, your audience. Whoever you're talking to that you want to influence that's your public.
1: Well, it so, seems like, well some people would call that marketing. Isn't that what marketing
2: well, is? Yeah, you know, here's the thing about marketing. Marketing is really a broad term. It's kind of an umbrella. And underneath that umbrella, there are lots of different uh, tools. There's lots of different things you can do. Advertising is part of your marketing plan. Promotions mm-hmm. is part of marketing. Publicity, branding, social media, public relations, oh. media relations. Those are all different ways to market your company some people do a lot really well in some of those areas and then they fall down or they don't do anything in others and that is a really a big problem they don't look at their company holistically they maybe uh just push out information and in ad, you know in advertising and they go we don't understand why people aren't responding and it's not that's not the only way that people find out about them um, because if people don't catch your advertising, they're not watching that station, then there's hundreds, thousands, maybe millions wow. of people you're missing because you haven't tried any other avenue to reach them. So you, really it has to be an integrated plan that uses a lot of different ways to reach the public, and public relations is really key in there, and, and uh, not enough people use it.
1: Well, Tell me this. You know, I should have started with this. Let's talk about you. Okay. Okay. Why um, is it you know what you know or how can you do what you do right
2: uh, i um I have been a marketing person, and i for years i my specialty is p r and media relations that is what uh where my passion is i've been successfully promoting and publicizing clients for about twenty five years um, my expertise is like you said, as in PR and media relations, even though I'm, I have been a marketing director at a company before. Um, I've worked with high profile companies, uh, clients including Warner Brothers, Benihana Restaurants, Hard uh, Rock Cafe, Paramount Pictures for the Southeast. Uh, when I worked at an ad agency, um, I've worked with a lot of celebrities with PR campaigns when we were promoting movies um, and re- promoting the Hard Rock. Um, currently, I, I handle the PR for the Atlanta Jazz Festival, for the City of Atlanta. Um, I handle um, the Atlanta Cyclorama and Civil War Museum, and I work with a lot of independent um, producers. So I have a lot of experience.
1: It, it sounds like you do. Okay, <laughs> so well, let's, let's let's go back to PR. Now you're saying that so a person can be marketing their business, thinking they're doing right. You know, I got a Facebook page. I'm sending out social media, but they could be entirely missing a whole group of people that could possibly buy from them. Exactly. But by, by, by not using PR. So so why is it necessary then? I mean, like, what what are some of the, you know, what well, is if it? If What's different about PR than marketing?
2: Exactly. Well, if you buy an ad. What you're doing is pushing out information that you choose and that you control. You basically, Mm -hmm. here's what I want you to know about me. But PR is not like that at all. PR is you don't buy it. You don't push out information. Basically, it is disseminated by the public themselves or by media um, contacts who put out information that they choose to put out. So they... Mm. Um, when they put it out there, it's information that they're sharing, which is a big difference between sharing information and advertising. Um, the perception by the public is really different about PR because they um, feel like it's a valuable opinion of somebody's and not just somebody who bought a spot on TV and they're telling okay. them about a product. So it was oh, a big, okay now. big different it attitude differs. about yeah. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. You know, for example, for me, you know, I have this show and I do a lot of speaking around town, but when I'm promoting me, that's one thing, but if I can get the press or someone else to promote me, it's authentic or it's more original or people believe it better or, you know, something like that or
2: yeah, it's like if your friend tells you, "Oh my gosh, we ate at this great restaurant. The service was wonderful, the food was great, the price was right." You're going to go, "I can't wait to go there." But if you see an ad on TV, you may or may not that may not be the only thing that closes the deal. Now, the Thank best you. of all worlds is your friend's just told you about this, then all of a sudden you see this commercial and you say, "Oh my gosh, look how beautiful <laughs> that place is, and it's so close all to me." Right. Everything all now right. is working together. You know, things are starting to add up, and it's like that's what pe- drives people to, to take action is they see it from several sources, and all of a sudden it becomes top of mind. They go, man, this place is hot. i got to get over there. Wow.
1: <laughs> so when somebody comes to you, you know, uh, and says, oh, I, I think I've been told I need PR for my business, you know, and um, how much does it cost? You know, a lot of times, and I say this because I've done it. I've met with people, and I can't figure out. What am I paying for, you know, things like this? What are the steps that you go through to help bring somebody to an understanding, you know, kind of like like say I'm a, I'm coming to you and saying, hey, Karen, uh, I think I need PR for my business.
2: Right. What, most people, what kind of conversation is that? Yeah, most people, and I think you do this in your own business, I've noticed from your website, is – Almost all businesses that are really worth their salt, as I say, will give you a free consultation. In other words, if you want a fence built or if you want to buy a car or anything else, you can go and either take a test drive or meet with somebody for free. So I recommend if you want to use anybody's services that you set up a meeting with them at no cost. They shouldn't be charging you to, just to assess what you need. That They charge you to uh-huh. do what you need. So I do that too. I sit with somebody and I really talk about them. What is it you really need and what do you think you need and what do, you, what do I think you need? Are, are we on the same page? And then I mm-hmm. generally create a proposal for them that outlines what I'm going to do and how much it's going to cost. At that point, they can say, gee, this is perfect, fits into my budget, love to do it. Or they can say, no, right now it's too expensive or I don't understand. And then they should, that's when the client should ask more questions. You should always understand exactly. what you're paying for.
1: Yeah, so it, it's one of those things like, you know, the big question you just said in there is, you know, what do I need? You know, that's the big question when I sit down with people like, what do I need? Well, I'm trying to generate more revenue. Okay, you know, right. Well,
2: for instance, if I were talking to a prospective client, part of my conversation, yeah. I would actually go, I would research the company or the person before I even sat down with them, yeah, um, yeah. and I okay. would bring questions to the table and ideas myself, and I would say, are you looking for, and help that conversation, awareness for your business in a crowded marketplace, Um, Are you trying to get information about new leadership? Maybe you're making a lot of changes in your company and you need people to know about that. Maybe you've got a new product or service. Maybe you guys just won this award that you've been working on trying to get for years and you need to let everybody know that you're so good that you got this award. Um, Maybe you're implementing new green policies and you really want certain people to know your company is a really good corporate citizen. So, there's a lot of news and information you could be putting out there if you would think about what you need. So, as a PR person, I'm going to come to that, come and sit there and say, are these the things that you want to put out there? Or, and you might have your own ideas.
1: Well, you know, listen to you talk. I think in October I had an opportunity to meet with President Obama about the shutdown. And I probably didn't use that as the. I probably should have used PR to really put that out there during that time. But I sent a few things out. I put some stuff on Facebook, but I probably could have really maximize that you know that event to a whole other level by using PR.
2: Exactly, you know, because maybe. PR is a great way to get out news and information. And um, there's a lot of ways to go about specifically doing that. But I would have asked you, for instance, if you and I were talking. Um, maybe in september a part of the thing is, a lot of times that people do with their news or their p r they want to do it at the last minute but like everything else unless it's breaking news and i mean the house is on fire you know i mean seriously breaking news you, <laughs> you have to plan you know it when you found you. out you were going to go meet with president obama that is kind of the beginning of your plan and i would have said to you about a month ahead or three weeks ahead or whatever notice two weeks you had that's we when you try
1: should, three days. Well, three
2: days, then that's the time you <laughs> yeah. have, and then uh,
3: okay.
2: releasing it, you know, immediately. Which you're, I saw what you put out; it actually looked really good. But I wondered kind of what process you used to disseminate that information and how well, you followed up.
1: I, I did really use a process. Plus, we were on severe restrictions; we couldn't say a word until afterwards. Right. Okay. Um you know, so, and I was just so you know overwhelmed by just the experience I you know, came back kind of babbling a little bit, so I wasn't you know still surreal that it even went down but so I tried to write some things and a couple of people tried to help me, but I really didn't have a strategic plan on how I got the information out there, but um when it happens again, I didn't say if I'll be better prepared, yeah okay. but, uh, but it was just uh but it was just something that you know, um, that happened and there's other things that are happening, you know, I'm doing boot camps and speaking different places. I probably, you know, should really look at making it a regular part of my strategy so that I can, um, you know, I, I did sign up for Help a Reporter Out, something like that, where um, I could start um, helping. Re- I understand reporters are always looking for stories where I would start submitting stories and ideas to reporters, you know, so maybe they would you know, pick me up and start following me. But, once again, um, I, I don't like doing anything that I don't have a plan for, so I just didn't want to just start sending stuff out. So, um, so and Karen, tell me this. How do people, you know, we're going to go to a break here in a minute and bring Dr. Harrison. If someone is interested in working with you, how do they go about contacting you?
2: Um, well, me personally, what I do, I generally work on events. I work on cultural events. I work on okay. um, arts and entertainment projects. So that's, that okay. is my best uh, you know, way. Um, I have a blog, uh, Hatchet PR, at WordPress, and that's a great okay. way to look at samples of my writing. You get a lot of a feel for my personality. My contact information is there. Um, So that is probably the best way to contact me, and it will show you what I'm working on. I also have tips and tricks about PR right there on my blog. So I talk about branding. I talk about marketing. I talk about uh, using everything from QR codes and Facebook and all kinds of uh, articles there uh, from my experience. So um, I would encourage people to check out my blog, and like I said, you can contact me directly from there.
1: See, I like what you just said. You stay in your lane. You do events. You know, you didn't say, Oh, I do everything, you know, just call me, you know, you, you 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 told us what you really like to do.
2: So tell me this,
1: before we go to break, if there was a tip one tip but one personal information you could impart upon the listeners about P R, what would it be this evening?
2: Um, I would say to look at what you're doing now and see where PR would fit in the mix. If, you ha- if you're in a company and you have a communications person, are you working with them? If you're on your own and you've never thought about it, I would at least check out my blog, read a couple of things about it, think about the stories that you read currently um, about people in your own industry, and imagine yourself in that place. If I were going to do PR Great. about myself, how, how would it look? Am I a specialist? You know, do I, what kind of story do I have to tell? Um, you know, am I uh, in a unique place where I'm, uh, you know, in the minority in any way? Um, a woman, you know, who's a business owner in an unusual field? Am I an expert? Could I, is there a story I have to tell? Oh. And then think about how can PR, you know, how could I utilize this to get my story out?
1: Wow. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what, that was a good tidbit there. So uh, we're going to go to break, but I want you to hang with us as I bring Dr. Harris on. She's used PR and branding and everything to do some amazing things. and I want to kind of have a discussion uh, about what she's done and what she's planning on doing in the future and stuff like that. Are so you going to hang with us?
2: Absolutely. I'd love to.
1: All right. So you're listening to Mark Parham, Cat Builder Talk on the show. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Back to Cap Builder Talk with your host Mark E. Parham, real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today.
1: Mark Parham, back with Cap Builder Talk, talking tonight about PR for your business. My next guest this evening is Dr. Misi Harris. Are you there, Dr. Harris?
4: I am. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can. But before we get started, I Googled you, and I'm going to read, this is how (laughs) you use branding and marketing, what came back immediately. D.C. Harris is an American model, pediatric and sports dentist, philanthropist, humanitarian, and motivational speaker who made history after launching a nationwide social media campaign to be America's bachelorette. Now, that's in Wikipedia. Okay. That's, okay. As soon as I got there, so that's why I was excited when uh, Chuck gave me your information to have you on the show uh, to talk about how you've been using social media and PR to your advantage. So, uh, Doctor Harris, I want you to meet Miss Karen Hatchett.
4: Hi, Karen.
2: Hello, hello. You, you've already made me
4: very excited. Trust, I think I'm going to
2: have to contact you after the show. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> a new friend. I love
1: it. So, 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 uh, so, I don't know, should I call you Dr. Harris, Meecy, or how do, you, how do we go with uh, future?
4: You can just call me Meecy. After 5 o'clock, I kind of drop the doctor. All right, all
1: right, Meecy, it is. So, tell us, you know, you uh got quite a bit going on. I called you a triple threat you know, you have a business. So I I guess I'll just let you talk instead of asking individual questions. Just, just you're gonna describe yourself. Let's, let's talk about I gave your introduction, so uh let's yeah. hear let's hear what you got to say.
4: Well, you know, one thing I like to mention at first is that my um my like my platform really only started about a year ago. Um actually January second. In 2013 is when my initial platform started. As far as me really placing myself in the media, um, I was given an opportunity to audition for a reality TV show. Um, And anyone can, you you know, do that. Anyone. It was an open casting call. Um, I auditioned for the show, made it all the way through the final round. And then I felt like, okay, at this point, I know I can do something bigger for myself with this situation because, as we all know, small shows and even the bigger shows, but with reality TV, unless the show, you know, stays on air for several, several series and you're actually featured in every, every episode, you kind of die out. And I didn't want to have this 15 minutes of fame. Um, I also knew that I had a real career and that with a little bit of media, I could have a louder voice for myself. So I used that situation, and um, as Karen said, you try to find a little spot where you're like a minority or an expert in a certain area, and that's what I did. And it just so happens that ABC had never had a black bachelorette. That was the show that I had tried out for, was actually to be a contestant on the show. But I felt like at the point that I was so – I used that as my initial platform, um, knowing that really what I wanted to do was – eventually get out there into possibly a bigger reality show where, you know, I would have several, several years, you know, to show my talents and to show actually what I do. Um, I also am a pediatric dentist, and I take that to heart because it's something that a lot of people just aren't aware about as far as dental health, and there is a national dental crisis, and I deal with it every day. Um, And I deal with young women who, you know, don't feel good about themselves and really are inspired by women like me, who went to school for 10 years, to become a dentist. And I knew at that point that I had to make it bigger and I had to make it last longer than 15 minutes. And that's what I decided to do. My initial platform, honestly, was I launched a Facebook fan page, which was free, of course. And with that, um, I started to promote it. And the promotion on Facebook, you can either do it for free or, of course, you can pay a little bit for Facebook to promote it. Um, and that was my initial platform, social media completely. And then I met a very, very nice uh, publicist. Her name is Relena Shaw. She's out in Los Angeles. And she really helped me um, get a very, very nice article written up in The Grio. And that one article, and I'm telling you, the one article written by Alma Yawson went viral and got picked up by so many other online magazines, um, I ended up doing an interview with the Tom Jordan Morning Show with Steve Harvey. It just blew wow. up, and it was from one article, and that has fueled me to be able to do anything else that I want to do. I'm, at this point, I really feel like I could probably sell toilets and people would buy them. Just because <laughs> once you set up, <laughs> once you set that platform for yourself, you know, you, you really get people's attention, so, for instance, now um, being a dentist, I had seen a lot of dental trauma, and I decided that I wanted to have a mouth guard line. Um, I actually was only going to offer it exclusively for my office, but once approached by some professional athletes, I decided to take it to another level, and it has, again, kind of gone viral on me. <laughs> so, um, it, it's crazy because I've been able to. Build another business and a company that I actually own now called Profit Athletic Mouse um, that has just taken my life to a whole other level. So I'm a big believer in PR. I'm a big believer in promotion. And I'm a big believer in publicists and what they can really do for you. And again, my journey only began a little over a year ago. So, so tell me this use the
1: word publicist. Karen, we didn't use that word in our discussion. So, is that the same thing as a public relations person, or yes. is that somebody a little.? That's
2: another okay. word for it, and I do consider myself a publicist, absolutely.
1: Oh, okay. So, just and, that and one the, article that you had in mm-hmm. blew you up?
4: Yes, literally. And I mean. So, can I, can I have
1: her number, please? I know. <laughs> right? well, yeah,
4: I'm, I'm really good friends with her, but it really it took one syndicated Stop. article, and again, it was in the Grio. And I remember a friend of mine calling me. Her name is Lorraine Spencer. She called me and she said, girl, you better get ready. And I didn't understand what she meant. But at that point when she did that, I Googled myself and it was unbelievable. Um, I did a live interview with the Huffington Post a few days later, another live interview with um, showbiz tonight with A.J. Hammer, and then, of course, the Tom Journal Morning Show with ABC News in Nashville, Um, And I just get so many opportunities now. I do a lot of charity events. I get invited to a lot of events out in Los Angeles. So it has opened up some amazing doors for me. And to be quite honest, I still feel like I'm at, you know, the beginning stages of it. Um, I'm still looking to expand my brand. And I think that's one thing that people never should forget is that it never ends. Your public relations and your social media awareness and, it just never ends. You have to be on it all the time, and you can never get lazy. And if you can sell one thing, to me, the best, you can sell yourself because you know yourself.
0: Right. And right. as long as you so
4: do
1: really Mm-hmm. Tell me this. The, the griot or whatever, so carrying the same question, that is a particular – that an industry well, – I'm not familiar with it, so that's an industry it's a, website it's a national, for
2: that industry. It's actually a national or international media outlet just like cnn okay. or just like you know it's okay. a, a gotcha. website it's web-based um okay. i've gotten uh, stories on there um about alexandra jackson for the the jazz festival for instance an, an artist um i placed her on that um over the last year so um if you have a story and it's really a good story obviously misi has a great story it's a unique she she found a niche a place uh, with a, a different voice, and and once somebody picked that up, other people got interested. So it, it does mm-hmm. have a domino effect. It wow. does. Like
4: so many other people are going to look at it. Um. And and again, from that, even after I moved on from the whole bachelorette scenario, I ended up, um, you know, being asked to do a lot of medical correspondent things for CNN and for um, the Huffington Post and things like that. So. You know, it's a continual thing. You know, of you finding a way to continue to keep yourself very relevant. Um, and you can't get lazy at it. And like I said, it looks very good what I have so far. But I plan on expanding so so much more. Um, even recently auditioned for a yet another show, called, you know Shark Tank on ABC because of my yeah okay line. yeah
1: Chuck <laughs> yeah Chuck mentioned that you know. That's that's pretty exciting. We did did work with a Shark Tank event here in Atlanta one time uh, last year uh, with Rob Wilson. But um, if I can help you with that, let me know. That's one thing I know how to do is pitch. But but the whole (laughs) deal is this. One word you just used a minute ago is plan. You said, so you have a a strategy then, or you just kind of, you know, as your public, have you guys sat down and worked out a strategy about how you do, Uh, what you do, when you do? Or is it kind of now, organic or how,
4: how does it work? I only had a publicist for the first three months um, pretty much January, February, and March of two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. I no longer have a publicist. um I actually mm-hmm. do everything completely by myself right now, um just with self promotion um because mm-hmm. once I built the platform for myself, I just kind of ran with it, and so I keep a lot of stuff with social media, like I said, I do a lot of medical corresponding. Um, with different networks and things like that. That's not to say that I don't need a publicist. I would say I do, <laughs> um, because so, I. So know... Karen, Karen, is uh, uh-huh. is that
1: normal? Is that so? You start out with a publicist, and once you get going, if you're capable, you can just keep on going yourself. Or you, you
2: know, know, there's along. there's it's different just... ways that people get there. If depending on um, how much news and information you have out there, obviously Misi's a little different in terms of she's very well, savvy about um how to do this and she is articulate and she's comfortable um you know responding to media and all of that so she is capable of doing that and uh, a lot of people really don't know where to find the opportunities and that's where the publicist helped her to begin with is they they Mm -hmm. found the right opportunities to launch her and once she was launched Sometimes I'm hired just to do a project for a company, but not necessarily right. to be their publicist long-term, and that's kind of what she did. Well, and anyway, I, tell
4: you what, I I still think that when it, comes, when it comes down to it, even though I've been able to do a lot by myself since then, I would still – rec- I recommend to myself to have a publicist right now because – you only can still do so much. I'm not an expert in public relations. I'm an expert in dentistry. So no matter how far I go by myself, I always realize that a publicist could probably take me ten times faster. Um, and that's something that I always have kept in mind and and am actually still looking for. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, hopefully maybe met somebody tonight. You know, after I had,
2: we'll have to talk. Right? <laughs> we
1: we after I had my meeting with the president, before I could even get back to the hotel, uh, Al Jazeera networkers contacted me. Associated Press. They actually wanted me to come on and do this live interview uh, about my meeting, but I I, I declined it because I, I thought I was unprepared. I didn't want my 15 minutes of fame, get out there and say something crazy, and all of a sudden it's on YouTube, and, you know, I'm going the exact opposite direction. So I I think that that could have been an opportunity had I been better prepared. You know, um, I could have got up there and really, you know, propelled it if I had a strategy, but everything just happened so quickly.
2: And that's what a publicist can help you with. A lot of um, Mm -hmm. actors, a lot of people in different fields have publicists uh... in in corporate america they'll call them a communication specialist as opposed to a publicist sometimes it makes it sound better for them but they help them with talking points often uh, even the president has a, a communications specialist or a publicist, if you will. He has a communications department, too, in the White House, and they help him craft his messages, which is what a publicist would do, and give them talking points so that they feel comfortable with the media, say these are the things you need to emphasize, These are, and they talk it through with them, and they are a sounding board because they work with the media all the time so they understand that language, and that's what a publicist yeah. can help you with is is – you know they're somebody that you can call and say, "I have this opportunity. How should I approach this?" And they give them a message, and then that's staying on message. You know you hear uh like when somebody goes on a TV show and they ask them some crazy question, and they are able to deflect that in a way that's really gracious, but bring it right back to the subject at hand, so they don't get sidelined by um crazy questions or uh unusual circumstance they're able to stay focused and uh, put out the information and discuss things the way they want to.
1: That's what I was afraid that I couldn't do. I felt I could do it like if I was talking on the phone, but I felt like my face might give it away, you know. <laughs> you know so, you know, so I, you know, I just feel confident that I wouldn't make a, you know, face or something like that because it was like on TV. <laughs> so, I, you know, they gave me talking points for the White House. Hey, we want you to save. And I was like, man. You know, it comes with you know, it think, comes
2: with practice too. I think that okay. um, you know you could speak to this too um, about um, doing interviews. Is that you get better at it the more you do?
4: Oh, absolutely for sure. Because I so remember. Lisa, did you have to take
1: acting classes or anything, or you just jumped out there? You you gonna be on TV? I'm gonna be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: because I I'm just really like a really free spirited person, so I kind of go with the wind. It doesn't really make me nervous. Um, I actually feel more comfortable in front of the camera because at that point, you can be whatever character you want to be. You don't have to really impress anyone. And I was I was stuck in this little, little chill as, you know, being a dentist and being Dr. Harris from eight to five, it made me feel really trapped. And I felt like my real personality never got to come out. But, you know, when I come home, I'm not Dr. Harris anymore. And, you know, my dogs are barking and they still want to go out and play and you know, I just that's know my thoughts to someone else. And so it was actually really refreshing to be able to be me. And that's um, something that I always say in my messages. Like I hashtag it and it just said being me see. Um, because yeah, that's what I do. And so whenever I put myself out there in the media, it's simply being me. And that's the easiest thing for me to do. That's
1: that whole authentic thing, being authentic.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think people know that. You you know, and that part of the public relations thing is getting comfortable with the message that you're putting out there and that the fact is, Public relations doesn't make up anything. That's a misnomer. A lot of people think we create information out of the air, but we can't do that. We have to take real information, what we present it in a way uh, that people understand it, they connect with. You know that, that's part of being good at what being a good publicist is you put out information that people understand, that they relate to, uh, that is relevant, all of those things, and, and you're not just making up something that isn't true.
1: Wow, oh, Okay. Oh, so I guess I got a coach tonight, okay? <laughs> so we can sit down, <laughs> down taking notes and things like that. Because, uh, you know, I'm on the verge of, you know, a lot of things are happening. And, and, I, and I like the word being authentic and being consistent in my message. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do. Like my passion right now is trying to help people that are thinking about starting a business to go ahead and just jump out there and do it. It's not as hard as they, you know, might think it is. And if they do it together, um, they can even have fun at it. Um, I had a young lady on the show a couple of weeks ago.
2: Started a horse
1: ranch, and it actually brought her and her daughters closer together because they found something that they all had in common. They like horses, and now you know they're, they're having a great time out there teaching people how to ride. So, but, but Mimi, tell me this. You know, you know, you've done a lot. Uh, you got a lot to do but um, advice to people that are thinking about trying to get out there or, you know, uh, thinking about stepping out of that, as you called it, the prison that you said you were in, you know, what what information or message can you give them on how to break out?
4: Well, I think it's something that Karen already mentioned, and that's really finding your niche, finding something really different that's going to grab everyone's attention and then sticking true to that and not feeling like that you have to be someone else that you didn't intentionally, you know, mean to be initially. It's it's not that difficult if you really, really find something that you're an expert about. And for me, of course, being a pediatric dentist, that was just a plus. I look at it as a full package. If I was just some black woman that had went out and said, hey, I want to be the black-back it wouldn't have worked. I had to have some substance behind me. Um, you know, as a professional woman, and also um, having some modeling experience, I was ready for the public to come to me because I had photos ready. I was ready as far okay. as my
2: interview questions. Um, I had a okay. bio ready, And so I think people need to be ready, don't you think so, Karen? Oh, ab- yeah, I could. You're you exactly. I mean, that's the thing is people want PR, and I talk to people, and they go, oh, well, we need to put out some information, but then, you know, they don't know what to do with it if it happens. So being prepared is, you know, it's huge. It's, it's, um, you know, and you have to look for opportunities, and you have to be ready for them when you get them, absolutely.
4: Absolutely. Like someone especially with some, you know, people asking you to interview for things like that, and you, you don't have a single photo or you have no bio about you. Nobody can find any information. And then you're scrambling, trying to put something together. And it's just not a good look for anyone out there. So if you really want it, be prepared and be prepared to be successful. And I think that that's something that a lot of people fail to do, is they're not prepared for the Big Bang to happen. Um what? And I actually what? did that to myself when I went around the second time with my mouth guard line because I had no idea how many orders I would have and um, actually am over capacity right now. Like I almost can't even handle the demand. Um, after being invited to the Floyd Mayweather Boxing Gym, it kind of blew up for me. So um, that's, so that's you know, a good
1: problem to have. Okay. It's a
4: good problem to have, but at the same time you still want to make sure that you are satisfying the need and that gotcha. you're still keeping your brand really clean. So, again, you know, I struggle with it at times too and have learned a lot about it. But I definitely have to thank people like Karen um, who had advised me on what to do once it did happen.
1: All right. Well, tell me this. Um, how can, if people want more information about you, I guess they can't just Google you the way I did, but is there a Preferred method of contacting you if you have people want to reach out to you.
4: Well, I'm I'm really big on social media, so anyone okay. can add me. Well, for a little while they can. I'm actually getting to capacity on my Facebook, um, but it's just me, wow. here. It's <laughs> met,
2: it's <laughs> in my you're going to have to get a business Facebook page. You know, one of the
4: know.
2: organization ones. Yep.
4: Right, and I have, and I have one. It's just I didn't utilize. Well, I have like my Backstreet fan page. But I don't really use that anymore. And then I have just Dr. Meesy Harris, but I didn't promote that one as much. So it's, you know, that's kind of tough. Of course, I'm a big Instagrammer, but I keep everything really simple. And um, okay. and then I use the same name every time. So at Meesy Harris is always my name on everything. And I think that that's something good to yeah. do, so people don't have a hard time finding you. Um, I'm the same thing on Twitter, and I actually answer my messages. So um, right. I'm big on social media, and then of course my website. And anyone can always contact me via email, and that's just meesy niecey at com. Again, I keep it simple.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, all right, ladies. Uh, I want to thank both of you for taking uh, some time out of your Monday evening to be with me on the show, and. Hopefully, all the information you gave, people are taking notes. They, they'll be able to listen to the show, and I'll send you links tomorrow to the show that you can listen to it and promote it yourself. But I just want to thank both of you for taking time to, to speak with me this evening, and I look forward to uh, telling you both in the future. Thank,
4: thank you so you. much. And Karen, I'll get to to you soon. <laughs> okay. Right. I really enjoyed this. Well, thank you.
1: You're very welcome. You're listening to Mark Parham. Cap Builder talk.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business today. To be a guest or for more information, go to CapBuilderTalk.com. Please post comments on Facebook.com forward slash CapBuilderNetwork. We hope you enjoy the show.